Welcome to Outside Game, the podcast. I am the host with the most, Keith Bullock. Riding shotgun is my main man, Don Povia. Yo, what's up, Mr. Monday Night? You got it. You got it a first take that time, man. It's been yeah, a while, but you just you just rolled with it. It's been a while, man. And I think that um, we had uh, Illuminati on last time, and it kind of he was just throwing me, you know, having a guest, and you know, kind of fell fell off. I didn't have my normal swagger. You know what I'm saying? That was when I was really rusty. So you know, we're good. All right, sounds good. But we are still locked in place. How was uh, how's Nashville doing? I hear it's opening up down there. You getting out? You going to the bars? You uh... <laughs> nah, man. So um, what what's today? May 11th or something like that? Hold on. Yeah, May 11th. Um, and I say that to say that Nashville, my my part of um Tennessee, which is Brentwood, which is about 15 miles out. Um, I think they open the bars uh, May 1st, like restaurants as well, um, you know, 50% capacity. I definitely got a call on that first day. Um, the bars are open for me to come out and, you know, have one. Uh, <laughs> I was telling you before, um, you know, my East Coast mentality is still like, nah, I got everything I need right here. I'm, I'm going to let you guys go test it out. Let me know how that goes in a couple weeks. You know what I'm saying? So now here we are, the 11th. And downtown Nashville proper is um, scheduled to open up on Friday. No live music in the bars, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be the quietest, what is that, Broadway down yeah. there in Nashville? The, the, the quietest Broadway's ever been. Yeah, but um, not, not every bar owner is opening their bars. You know, there's still like some bar owners that just like feel like it's just too soon. Some people, you know, obviously, I, I understand both both um, sides of the thing. Look, if you feel you need to get back to work, do what you got to do. Wear a mask if you feel you need to wear a mask. If you're not wearing a mask, just stay away from me. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't the know. Whole, the whole mask thing, going back and going out and hanging out and being six feet apart and social distancing, like – it's so hard to grasp. Like when you finally get to do it, like how are you gonna feel? You're gonna feel gonna uncomfortable. Go you're gonna bump. You're gonna bump elbows instead of like dapping and stuff like that. Like, ah. man, I'm in the supermarket yesterday and I got my two little ones with me and my wife's made some masks and the little ones walking around and her the the elastic on the mask pops. So the little one, the four year old, just got a broken mask and she's running around the store like a maniac. And I felt like a pariah. Like a social pariah, like my kids running around. I don't know. I felt I felt the eyeballs on me though, you know. And so this is kind of where I'm thinking going out. Like, yeah, you have the option to wear the mask maybe when you get back out there, but if you don't, like, are you gonna be like villainized for not wearing the mask? But those people are looking at you like, oh, those are the those are the motherfuckers that are having the kids out without masks, getting all the old people sick. You know what I'm saying? Even though you're trying, you know, shit happens, but. Yeah, I feel you, man. Like, I feel people just need to do what's best for them and do what's comfortable for them, man. And if it was that easy, the world would be a better place. <laughs> but, you know, they, you, know what's, you know what's funny, too? They had these, they had about three lanes that were 60-year-old plus. Like, the 60-year-olds are getting their own, like, express lanes, and there's nobody in those lanes. And I'm waiting, like, five deep because then they put these squares, so now you're all the way back in the lanes here. But, I mean, everything is, is regulated and different and... But yeah, when they start opening up, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be curious how it goes down there. I just saw on Twitter that uh, 
Clearwater Beach, Florida. There's a bunch of people out protesting that gyms aren't open. Do you see that? And they're out there like protesting by doing like calisthenics and stuff. <laughs> like yeah, they're workouts in front of the gym. I drove past my gym, um, Lifetime Fitness up here, and it doesn't look like it's opening anytime soon. Like it was desolate. Like that place was definitely closed. So it's just it's just odd. And then you know. You obviously, you know, but not everybody knows. I'm opening, um, in the process of opening this cafe, you know, this Just Love Coffee Cafe. Um, and we're probably about five to six weeks out. So, uh, you know, we still have to go through all the motions of ordering your equipment, doing your social media plan, you know, uh, budgeting and all these different things. But as an owner, first-time owner, like, I'm keeping an eye on everything. I'm hoping... You know, as everything opens up now, everything goes smooth and everything. But, um, you know, shoot, there is obviously that possibility that it doesn't. And then, you know, what do I do come, you know, June 10 or whenever it's about to rock? So it's, it's, just, it's just a whole interesting situation. How has that affected the construction and the actual build out, the physical build out of the space? Um, it hasn't at all. You know, being down here in Nashville and in and, and the ten, Brentwood area, it hasn't at all because where my Just Love is going, it's actual whole, um, uh, it's called Northside, it's called McEwen um, Northside Plaza. So a whole plaza is being built. So with office buildings, restaurants, hotels, other um, spaces. Um, so it definitely has not, construction hasn't stopped. I'd be curious to see how much progress the airport has made here, because I know that's a new construction. And um, there's this place downtown that's going up, well, everything's going up downtown, but Nashville Yard. So I don't think construction has stopped much here. Well, speaking of stoppage, uh, sports, what are you doing to fill that void of, of everything? <laughs> no baseball, all the playoffs are done. NFL draft got just a big old cluster F. Um, yeah. what, are you, what are you keeping occupied with? Um, it's been so much, right? I I went back and beat Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. I beat Gods of War. I started Doom. I started Call of Duty again. Um, I got good at that again. And then now I'm recently on Assassin's Creed. You know, obviously we both have our kids. I get active on my bike. Like, I feel like there's not even enough activities to, you know, put into the time. My sleep is all off. What's your patterns like? What, what have you had? going on um to replace the lack there of sports yeah i see you're up early i think the opposite i i want to sleep in i don't know what it is i'm so used to waking up at like six o'clock right around there just with or without the alarm but lately i'm like you know 8 30 i'm still in bed i don't want to move the kids are kind of moving the oldest one is uh kind of been sleeping late too the little one it's like me and my wife just know it's just automatic like all right she's up early one day it's her one day it's me we just go like on and off but like sleep wise, like I told her this morning, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just tired. She's like, well, how late you up? I'm like, well, you know, I binge watch, I finished watching Briar Patch and I read like five chapters of this book. So, you know, I'm kind of filling it with uh, a little bit of binge watching. I've been really watching uh, what we talked about final, uh, final dance. I watched a couple episodes of that, but I've kind of banked them uh, so I can just watch like three in a row, but I've been watching that the new season of uh vice the dark side of the ring did you catch last year's yeah i saw a few last year so who's on it who are they featuring this year this season so the first one was chris benoit who oh. a murder suicide 
with his wife and kid, right? So that was a two part, which was was deep. And that was my wife's like, how do you get me sucked in? She like that one and like oh, the character, like the Von Eric one from last year she was into. Um, but then I just watched the two I just watched was uh, Dave Schultz, right? Doctor D, who you know slapped um, John Stossel around and basically got blacklisted from the WWF or WWE. And then the last one was about the UWF, which was kind of like imagine like I remember I I I almost remember that one almost. It was you know kind of they were pilfering all the stars as their contracts were getting up from WWE. It was like early nineties. But, you know, it was called, the subtitle was like Cocaine and Cowboy Boots. Because they had this. Was it based out of Nashville, the UWF? Oh, that's TNT. I'm thinking of TNT wrestling. Yeah. Cocaine and Cowboy Boots. Carry on. Yeah. So it was this little Jewish guy that just wanted to be a wrestling promoter, make himself the star, and just had an obsession with ostrich boots and cocaine. And kind of ran everything into the ground. Like one of the main guys that kind of was with him the whole time that was in the show was one of the Killer Bees, right? B. Brian Blair from the Killer Bees. Um, it was funny. Like one, like I guess Andre the Giant's WWF contract came up. They signed Andre the Giant. He walks out on TV, does this thing. Vince McMahon calls up the next day as as Andre back on WWF like TV the next day. Like, uh, nah, you're not doing that. Sabotage. Vince yeah. got to keep the stars. Well, apparently this guy went to him like, yeah, Vince, you take the East and you take the Midwest and the, and, and I'll take like L.A. and the West Coast. And Vince was like, get the hell out of here. And that just stuck in this guy's crawl. And he's just like, forget it. Like, like, I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to ruin it. But yeah, I mean, it was it was like kind of like ECW on like like a glitzier version of, of kind of being an upstart like that. But, but, you know, poorly run. So, yeah, I watched a couple of those episodes. Um, yeah, that that that. Like I said, it kind of sucks everybody into that like documentary style. Um, like I said, I just finished Briar Patch, which was Rosario Dawson, which I told my wife last night. I'm like, man, I got sucked in. She's not a great actress. Like, actually, she's kind of a bad actress. <laughs> you ask me, but I kind of got into that show a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just just been watching TV late late at night when I when I get a control of it when the kids aren't you know hoarding Disney Plus. Yeah, man. They are my kids are on the iPads a lot, but yeah, the NFL draft was um a little bit shit was different. It, obviously, it was different. Um, there's nothing else on, so of course you're gonna watch it. Um, it, like that talking about something that sucks you in, man. That that draft does because it's kind of boring, man. You know, it, <laughs> you know, like it's really kind of boring, and um, they did their best to to put as many fillers in and, you know, and make it as exciting as they could with Goodell. I think they should have had more former players up there. You know, they could have had more former players come in. Cause I did something like a live um, pre-draft thing with the Titans. So, you know, as they have the coaches, I think they should have had zoomed into different former players, houses and stuff like that, have them announce draft picks or even have more interaction with the draft pick and like so like you know with the with the, with the space fillers they could have had like the the first interaction with the draft pick and the coach and then the interview right there you know what I'm saying obviously it was a first time but shit NFL has a lot of money they could have put more thought into it you know what's funny though too like I've been to a handful of drafts both NBA and NFL and people are like oh that's so cool I'm like actually it's really boring. Like TV, at least you get 
kind of the stats and the overload, right? You're actually in the arena or you're, you know, you're in the stadium, whatever. And there's nothing like you just kind of absorb it. So to your point, like they probably had a lot of opportunity that they could have got creative with it uh, and kind of dropped the ball on it. Yeah. It's the first time, but you know, you kind of knew what it was <laughs> and you got the money and the, hopefully the brain power. Like, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like the brain power. So you know, um, being uh, working closely to you, like the last decades, like I've like seen the things that you've put together, you know, things that you've thought about, even that maybe not even been activated. So, like, yeah, if the NFL but, yeah came, most of them weren't. <laughs> oh, but I'm saying if the NFL came was like, yo, here, here's the budget of five million, fifty million dollars, yo, you're gonna crush it. You know well, what I'm saying? And you know the thing was like so you laugh about that, but I I mean I remember some NHL pitches and some other things that I did like and and they just kind of were like no this is this is dumb right pass it along and then five years later somebody else is doing it and I'll go through my old files I'm like oh, there it is right there <laughs> I said it you know what I can vouch for that that's a fact like you still do that to this day like I've said some <laughs> things like yo I want to do this and then you bring up this old file oh yeah here's something that I did for you know and they didn't like it so here you yeah go. or it's all already written it's it's just nobody wants to be the first to get out there and then some spunky upstart probably does it and then the big guys come in and say all right we'll throw a lot of money and and do it bigger and better but we're not gonna like dip our toe in the water until somebody else jumps in which is stupid especially the nfl you should be you should be on the forefront of that stuff yeah and like you you know speaking of funky upstarts you know that's kind of we like to hang around in that area and whatnot like um you know, from this whole COVID, COVID thing, um, the economy is definitely taking a hit, you know, with these PPP loans and so on and so forth. The small business owner and stuff are getting squeezed out. How do you, not that I, you're not like a financial expert or nothing like that, but like, you know, what do you think that does for like the, the entrepreneur, the creator, the one that, you know what I'm saying? Because I figure they're using that money to survive right now. You know what I mean? And, you know. You know, I probably said it the last time is that I think everyone's big focus was get out there and do more and, you know, and, and be live and do that. And I said, like, they never actually, like, pumped the brakes and thought what's going to work and what's not. They just assume, like, there's this void. People are going to have this void. They're going to have a lot of spare time. Let me throw it out there. And it's, it's shit. So, but, you know, with a couple of the projects that I've been working on, everybody's like, hey, did this hit you hard? I was like, actually it gave me time to really refine like what we're doing. So, you know, things that were particularly associated with NFL and NBA, it's like, all right, we were rushing to get to market and do it this way. Like, let's spend this time because we can hop on calls like this and zoom calls and really just like, you know, focus group some of the things that we're doing. I think I've been trying to use the time to do that. Like, you know, stay afloat, but you know, the things that are in the hopper, make sure that they're really buttoned up so that when things get going, they're ready to go and not just trying to rush to get things out there for the sake of getting them out there. So I think it's kind of pumping the brakes, doing it right. You know, I think the, the biggest thing is you don't know what the, the new norm is going to be or even what the atmosphere of the environment is going to be. So I think it's control what you can control. I mean, we were just talking that, you know, CFL and talking about the NFL, right? CFL, XFL goes down, CFL probably going to cancel their season and then there's talk that the, the league might not even come back and people are like well 
shit, there's a lot of, you know, guys that are going to be out of jobs, but it also kind of creates this void where the XFL was trying to fill before that somebody can possibly come in there if they could do it right, see the opportunity and, you know, kind of do something positive. So where that negative is, you know, figuring out, you know, what is going to be able to fill it? What are people going to want to fill it? You know, how are people behaviorally going to start acting? I think that's one thing I always talk about is that, um, you know, when people come with new products to market, a lot of times that necessitates people changing their behavior, right? A new app, a new this, a new that, right? You got a bunch of apps on your phone, you probably use five of them, right? So if somebody's putting a new app out there, it's not going to, because behaviorally, they're not used to doing that. So figuring out how people are going to act, how you kind of piggyback on that new behavioral side of it and, and kind of ride that wave instead of coming in, trying to fill the void with one, the unknown, or two, trying to get people that just got sort of reprogrammed to act a certain way to act either revert back or do something else. So, yeah, I'm kind of like up in the air right now, but, you know, people just need to like be smarter, um, be more patient and, you know, use this time to let those creative juices flow and figure out the best way to, you know, to do it. Yeah, I feel like this is a, like, you know, like you just um, spoke about, we spoke earlier, this is a great time to create, but create what? Like, if you're in that space, create what? You know, um, even you and I, like, you know, back in March, we're like, okay, this is a good idea. Let's go ahead and just do it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we didn't do it. And knowing us, we would have did it for a few weeks. <laughs> and then we would have, like, kind of fell off because you know, we would have saw or found out that was or was not the thing to do. You know what I mean? Um, I had this so very conversation. This kid um, was going into grad school. He wants to be an agent, wants to do sports marketing, wants to pick my brain. He's a, a friend of a, a former Olympian that I know. And or actually, I'm sorry, it's her. It's her nephew. And he's he did his research. He right. He's saying, you did this. You did this. Oh, tell me, you know, you talk about this content. I've seen you mention it before. You know, what are you doing in this covid environment? with your own podcast. I said, and, and you know, why were you different or how are you trying to be different? I was like, the fact that we're not trying to get out there and do something every week for the sake of doing it, something every week, I think is very much smart. Right. And I said, because the reason that we were different is when we came out with this plan and the idea of doing this was to complement these real life events that we were going to do. I said, that whole thing just blew up and we don't know when it's coming back. Right. So this was only one half of the equation. The podcast was only one half of the equation for the other thing. And that's why we were different is because we're able to marry these live events with, with the online stuff that, that goes back and forth. So, you know, I told him almost like what I just said, instead of just us rushing and saying, we need to get something up, right? Let's reevaluate our why, right? We always talk about with transition, like, why are, why are we doing this? Well, originally we were doing this because we're building this event series, all right? So now it's like, all right, why are we doing this? Well, let's kind of figure out where that whole thing is going to go. We don't know yet. So why rush to put something up that could change overnight? Right. And to speak about like things that over COVID getting things done, um, can we talk about the player impact um, merge here? Or yeah. That's yeah, something that, you know, that you got like transition put together over a COVID and you could speak more to the merger with transition and the player impact um, that, that was just took place. 
Yeah, so actually there were, there were two mergers. There was this guy, Peter Stein, that was working with Transition for a bit. Uh, he was sort of a, a VC type of guy working in the digital space, had something um, called Sport Tech Ventures. So Sport Tech was bringing in a lot of like new kind of startup companies that were coming to him. Peter realized, yeah, I have a certain element and a certain network, but when it came to really the services part of it, I'd have to rely on somebody like Transition. So part of that was kind of merging with Peter, uh, kind of bringing that together. So sort of a, a VC, sport tech, uh, working and servicing less on the athlete side and more on like the athlete business or or the sports uh, app or business type side of it. The second th thing was the player's impact, which you spoke on a, on a panel down in Miami with a, with a handful of other players. Uh, Marcus Colston is, is one of their advisors. I think Doug Flutie was, was at the Miami event, you know, so bigger names that they have. And really what that is, is more sort of an investment group, uh, for athletes and really focused on the educational component of it. Um, but same, same, uh, issue that Peter had is it, like, okay, we have a certain skill set, but we don't have a certain creative skill set. So what we decided to do was, was partner this one really on a, on a project type basis is we're, let's find athletes that have a business or a product or a model that is either, you know, pre-seed or, or seed or, you know, all these different raise amounts, <laughs> you know, that's more, that's more your world. Um, but that need these other creative or strategic services to get them to the next level. So we actually opened up an application process for, for guys that already have something in the works. So a lot of times when you and I are talking with people, we're like, hey, what are you going to do next? What's your next step? What's your transition? And kind of drawing it and try to draw it out of them. But for this, it's more like, all right, guys that already know what their vision is, but need a better uh, sense of putting it together and taking it to the next step. And for me, man, um, just because I was in the whole beginning process and thought process of transition, I always knew and I think I always said that, that it was going to take that type of person, that type of player um, that already has their vision in line, already has their ducks in a row, but just needs the, um, the help in these different specific spaces to help them execute their plan. And the fact that, um, you know, that to be in that position to really work with people that um, already have that going for them, that is huge because it's hard to develop um, someone and make someone's mind up for them, I guess I'm trying to say. Because shit, you know, nobody really knows what they, a lot of guys don't know what they want to do. And that waste, I found in the beginning, we didn't necessarily waste time, but we spent a lot of time with guys that we were trying to push them in a direction and, you know, they didn't have one for themselves. Yeah, it's like convincing them what's good for them, you know? Actually, I think the just love is is a good example, right? It's kind of, I'm able to kind of come in and help you out with, you know, certain pieces that, you know, that I'm better at, right? So it's like, all right, let's talk a little bit more of the communication side. And I think that's really where I envision this program to go. It's people might not need every different piece that we're offering. What pieces do they need that we can provide some expertise that's going to fill the void uh, in a manner that's very much in line with like what we've always talked about. And, and that's like the core values of the company too. So Man, that's crazy. We just thought of, I'll just, we just thought of another blueprint for, you know, transition to you based off my just love. You know what I mean? So. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's funny too because you're like, all right, we need a social guy. Well, hey, we know a social guy that's looking for work, and you know that worked in the sports space and stuff's falling apart. Let's bring him in, pick his brain. You know, so I think as much as it is just you know me or some of the guys that I'm surrounding with, it's also our collective network, yours included. That it's like, all right, we need somebody who knows this. Like people trust us, and we trust people. And we can say, all right, come on in and and give us some thought on it. So yeah, I think it very much a blooper. All right, you want a franchise? Like here we go. And, you know, talking a little bit about like what you and I are doing with that, the fact is that if any, if Don Povia went in and wanted to, you know, franchise at Just Love Coffee, they hand me a blueprint that's pretty tried and true and I could do it. But the fact is like you're doing it in a market where you were highly visible on live TV every week for 10 years. You know, you're a known commodity there. It's a little bit different. So it's how do we take that stuff that is relevant to that business and really personalize it to to your face. And also what we were talking about is like how we also do it so that you're rubbing off on the brand and vice versa, right? You'll get yours, you know, you're, <laughs> you'll get the rub off from them, um, you know, as a business person. And as, you know, a, as you kind of expand what your basis and background is, but really what we want is for you to be able to shine a spotlight onto, onto your business and right. be able to push people in that direction and gain fans and customers of that, not just fans of Keith Bullock, fans of Keith Bullock's Just Love Coffee and McEwen opening in late June of 2020. Yes. <laughs> Other ventures to follow. Crap beer, Bullies Burgers, nah, psych. Nah, <laughs> nah but for real, we'll see. <laughs> uh so yeah we've been talking maybe we'll uh we'll do some live shows right there in uh in the studio. We'll build a little studio in there. Uh get some friends come through. Um, but yeah, man, I think we're, we're actually, we're like, yeah, let's see what we can fill here. And we're, we're over a half hour. So it might be a good opportunity to wrap up a bit. I know we got some business to take care of off of this, but, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's try to get something on the books next week and keep it going. Yeah, man. It's good to catch up. Anybody listening, definitely, um, shoot some suggestions of topics or anything you want to hear us, uh, BS about, uh, and on the outside game. Yeah. You, actually, you what's up? We have a mailbox. Yeah, yeah. T O G T O G at the outside game dot com. Nice. Yeah. Uh, or Keith at the outside game dot com if that's easier for you. Um, you know, you were just saying though. Speaking of, of of topics, you said you're just like mouthing off on Twitter in the mornings. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> Let's bring something in there. Somebody you're arguing with, invite them on the show. We'll do a little debate. Twitter topics. I got something good too. Uh, one of our old friends that actually moderated one of the panels that you did in Chicago was running for mayor uh, down in Florida in a in a nonpartisan race. I saw this happening. Former, uh, I won't spill the beans too much, but a, a former uh, Bleacher Report NFL writer is, is running for mayor. I said, all right, it's nonpartisan. I could jump into that, help you out a little bit. Maybe we'll see about getting him on and. And and talking local politics with some sports figures. I mean, that'd be cool because Florida always has some very interesting topics <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> Ask about Florida man. <laughs> yeah, Florida man. <laughs> That's gonna be Tom Brady now. Florida yeah. Florida man on the beat. Oh, wait, what was he in the park? Right, like working out in the park. Everything's closed. I missed it. Yeah, I know. Tried to get into the Devil Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays stadium. Yeah, Gina no, he, or he, something like that. No, he was he was in a park, working out or something like that, and he like gets the park ranger, you know, the local cop came over and said, "Sorry, the, po the park's closed," and Tom Brady got kicked out of the public park, right? And I'm thinking, man, you got the Flake Gate, 
right? You got uh, Spygate. <laughs> you got, now you got, got Park. He got all that money and he don't got a gate, a house with a gate. <laughs> now you got, now you got, you got, uh, you got Park Gate. Like, you know, he don't care about rules, man. He's Tom Brady. Does whatever he wants. Tommy B. <laughs> <laughs> you ever sack him? I think I did. Nope. I hit him. I got some hits on the court. I might have. I don't think I did, though. He might've, I might have got a half a sack. I don't think I got credit for it. I think Kevin Carter and Javon got credit for that sack. But I was in on it. So one more thing. Should I call you out for your sweatshirt, or should we just let it pass? Yeah. <laughs> Titans. Uh, so that's, that's, Coach, that's Coach Bully up top, huh? Yeah, Steelers, Titans. You know, I got this when I was at camp. I ain't buying no Steelers stuff. Still, Steelers hired him to coach, man. Where you at, Titans? Step up, man. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do it. All right, Keith at theoutsidegame.com. Don at theoutsidegame.com. Outsidegame. Theoutsidegame.com is the website. So, until next week, I'm Don. That's Keith. Hopefully next week, I'm Don. That's Keith. Peace. Later. <laughs>